Yeah, what's up? I'ma kick it with mine, y'all know. Yo, Slim, can I kick it right here? Here we go. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm Ike Steen. Welcome to uh, Church Information in Open Form. I'll be sitting in for Reverend Barnett this morning. Everything is all right, and uh, he's taking some very needed time off, and uh, I'll be uh, sitting in trying to hold it down till he get back. So y'all can give us a call, 972-647-1893. And my co-host, not my guest, is... Miss Joyce, former school board trustee of District 6. And uh, got any questions about school and when school going to start and how the new school year might look? Because nobody can predict how it's going to look, but we just can talk about how it might look. So give us a call, 972-647-1893. We got several things to talk about today and uh if it's something you want to add to this conversation that uh, you think this community needs to know, you are welcome to call 972-647-1893. Got a lot going on uh, in our community and in this United States. You know, we uh, the war in Ukraine dominated the news for I don't know how long. Now we... Uh, January 6th committee is uh, dominating the news. Uvalide is dominating the news. And we also have issues right here in our own city. We, uh, Ms. Foreman and I were just discussing our children, 14, 15, 16, 19. Why are they killing each other? Why are they getting all these guns? And why is so much violence in the, in the streets, you know? And we look at these kids and the ages they are. And uh, most of these are school kids. And we have to do better to reach these kids. And uh, I know the parents are not putting guns in these kids' hands, and, but there's so many guns in the land right now. I was uh, thinking about the situation down in Uvalde when they was talking about the police down there and how they were afraid to rush in on the gunmen. But nobody's bringing to the table the conversation that they asked this governor, Greg Abbott, not to pass these laws where everybody can just get a gun. Uh, you don't have to have a license. You don't have to have training. And this young man that did the killing down there, I think he's 18 years old, just bought a gun. No training. No background check. So even our own Eddie Garcia went to Austin to try in this get this man not to pass these laws. Now, it's easy to pass blame on the people that was afraid to run in front of uh, M15, uh, AR-15, but it's not that easy to discuss the person who allowed this man to have this kind of automatic weapon. So we got a lot going on. Uh, first of all, thank you for your support. Thank you for all the pledges that y'all pledged and paid and to keep us on the air because we are here for you. So, good morning, Miss Foreman. Good morning. What's on your mind? Well, you know, there's a lot going on and I, I was just listening to your uh, introduction and uh, one of the things that I am uh, truly concerned about is our young people and the violence that's going on throughout uh, all of our communities. It's, it's just senseless and what 
um, they don't understand is, is you know, you take somebody out, but you're losing your life too right. because you're going to be locked up. And um, we have got to do a better job of trying to uh, get our young people to understand conflict resolution. Conflict doesn't mean you gotta uh, you have to get a gun and kill somebody. Right. You don't always have to agree. You you might not know this, but I can. I don't always agree either. Well, we um, don't. <laughs> but but there's a way to to deal with uh, different conflicts, and we just have have to do a better job of educating our young people because we're just losing too many of them, uh, some to death and others to the system, right. and well, we me, can't afford that. Let me ask you a question. You know, being in education and uh, on the board of trustees, these violent video games, are we in a certain way indirectly training these kids to be violent? Because most of these kids, they got all these violent video games that they just, they fixated in front of, you can't even get them to do their homework. They got to be on that uh, computer, on that game, on that telephone, and everything is... uh, Violent. It's always uh, it's about sex and violence. That's all these kids are bombarded with. So are we feeding that into their spirit, into their attitude, and they are act they acting out on it in a uh, real life? So I think um, when you bring up violent video games and those kinds of things, I don't think that's an act of education. I think that's an act of society. Right. And the way that society has turned to those kinds of things. I mean, almost all of us have young people in our families that get fixated on the video games or they're fixated on their phones. There's just so many different Things that they look at that's different from what maybe right. you and I came through well, life looking at. Right. Now, I'm not talking about this. Uh, are we unintentionally educating these kids, not us, but the system, with these games? I think we got a caller. I don't want to hold them. Who do we have? Good morning. And uh, we have a Bernie on uh, line one now. Bernie? Yeah, Bernie. Uh, good morning, Bernie. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? All right. What's on your mind? Actually, I'm trying to add uh, to the comment that lady made. Hold on, I'm having some. It's, I can't hardly hear you. Try it again. Can y'all hear? See? Okay. I'm, I can I'm hear trying me. to add into the, into the comment that the lady just made. We have been blaming the system. We have been blaming the, the video games. We have been blaming all kinds of stuff for the violence the, the current generation is doing, all the misunderstanding is happening for the current generation. However, if we could go back and look at the African-American community before 1933, you have almost 75% households with two family members, father and mother. But right now, you have less than 25%. Have you ever asked what happened between 1933 and now to cause the African-American household to raise their kids with a single mom, single dad. Don't you think that is the source of the problem? It's part of the problem. The New Deal, actually, the New Deal, after the New Deal, is when the African-American community has been completely dissipated. Because if you look at these movies, even during segregation time, there were more black, uh, black, uh, black business owners. There were more 
couples living together and there were higher sexual traits. Right now, on this generation, 38% of African Americans who graduate college goes, who graduate high school go to college, while only 26% of whites who graduate high school goes to college. Where is our problem? Well, you bring up some good issues. Uh, one thing is when you talk about the system. Now, the welfare system say the man got to lead the house. That's right. So if you get in bad shape or a man lose his job and can't provide for his family, why do he have to leave home to get everything, you know, to get the kind of assistance that the family need? And we buy into that, you know. And first of all, let me say this. Blacks are not the biggest consumer of the welfare system. That's been portrayed for years that we are all us on welfare and we lazy and we won't work and we some of the most intelligent, longevity people. That's why they brought us over here because we could withstand, we can adapt to certain hardships. And every time we come up they change it. I don't care what they do. We just still uh, overcoming the crack epidemic. And I know some of y'all can say, well, they didn't make you smoke crack. Regardless, we're just now recovering from the crack epidemic because before crack, blacks was coming up, they owned all kind of businesses. They was very prosperous. Some of the blacks in Dallas, I mean, the, the I used to drive dump trucks. Some of these guys had dump trucks with chrome rims and making plenty of money, but they had to bring in crack, you know, and other things to destroy our community. Our community was strong, it was valuable. Now you go over there, we got a Dollar General, Family Dollar in the chicken house. That's what we got now. We don't have uh, nice restaurants, nice grocery stores. They put so many dollar stores in your neighborhood then they say the grocery stores won't come in because you got too many dollar stores. But they brought the dollar stores in because you didn't have a grocery store. So they play us against our own selves. And I understand what you're saying, my brother, and you're right. And what were you saying, Ms. Foreman? So, uh, I... Hold on. Go ahead, Ms. Foreman. I, I really appreciate and, and respect um, uh, your questions. Uh, but um, what what you might want to think about is is um, before the New Deal, we had um, we didn't had an integrated education, um, and most of our schools were segregated schools where uh, students had an opportunity uh, to really learn. Uh, I'm involved in the education system, and I can tell you um, there are issues with the education system regarding African Americans. I can also tell you um, that coming up uh, in Dallas, growing up in Dallas, um, I remember the days of um, when we had our own community and our right. own community was connected with doctors and lawyers and pharmacists and beauticians and cleaners and drugstore owners. Um, that was all a change with the notion of integration. Uh, and moving many of our people um, that had status outside of that community. I, I don't know if you remember anything about South Dallas, but South Dallas was a very right. vibrant area. Um, there's an article in the paper today about a neighborhood in North Dallas, uh, right off of Inwood, called Elm Thicket, where uh, there were 
um, prosperous African-American families. And now you have these uh, McMansions moving in, taking that property. So we, there, there's some issues revolving around why we are where we are. And then I would last just ask you to look at a number of African-American males that are in prison. Incarcerated. I, I just want you to take a large look at that and understand that the system plays a part. We, we have a part in it. But the system also has a part in where we are today. May I have one thing, please, if it's okay with you? Sure. Okay. Uh, the only problem I have is that I am 100% with you. But that system is created by one political party. Uh, starting 1896, they, the beginning uh, the creating the Jim Crow law. Until 1993, that Joe Biden coming up with a three strike out and putting so many black people in jail, and also creating the system to put us in captivity. It's always done by the Democrat Party. If you look at everything happening in this country, again, it's African-American, American black people, happened under Democrats and the Democrat Party. But still, until this day, everything they are doing, they are telling you that we know that for you, go the way we are telling you, we need your vote, but we don't need your input. We need your vote. We don't want to integrate you in the economy. Because if you remember, 1984, Reagan came up with a, what do you call it, with a SBA team lending money out to, uh, say, for African-American business. But what did they do? And instead of giving that money to African-Americans, who is earning that money? So let, let me, excuse me, let me, let me try to, let me try to clarify something because you are worried more about a party and I'm worried more about a people. Um, uh, if you look at the SBA loans, SBA loans were for minority owned businesses, not African American owned businesses. And guess who's the largest minority? The white woman. The white woman. So, so some of some of it might be toward a party, but if you look at what just happened in Uvalde, we have the Republican Party in charge of the state of Texas. All right. Let so me, we can't we can't go we can't just deal with the party. If you want to talk about Uvalde, I will tell you exactly what's going on. In Uvalde, the school system failed by not putting a real security guard because if you remember, 1992 there was a court shooting. After that court shooting, they put security guard, metal detector, scanning. No one goes in, in any kind of court system without being searched. However, with as many school shootings as we have, why don't they put proper security system, proper security guard in the school, but they only put one person? Why is it none of us could get in any government building without being searched? However, you could walk in a school without being searched. Don't blame the political party. Blame the school district not putting the proper security. The guns did not make the mistake. The person made the mistake. The school district not putting the security system made the mistake. I know you're trying to squeeze the... Okay, let me ask you a question. And I'm not... I'm trying to do this the right way. Uh, what nationality are you? I was born in East Africa. How long have how long you been in America? Since 1984. Since 1984. Okay, we've been here all our lives, and I, I appreciate your education. I appreciate your knowledge of history, 
But so many times people get caught up into the knowledge of history where we got a people that's living the life. You know, we could, uh, and I understand what you're saying, you're accurate on all your history. But that stuff you read, this is stuff we live in. We were here when they were, uh, you know, with desegregation. We was here when uh, we had to get bust. They didn't bust the white kids to our community. They bust us to their community. So I understand what you're saying about the uh, Democratic Party. I got some major issues with the Democratic Party. But right now, I'm up against a short break. And uh, thank you for your call. And uh, call back next uh, week. Thank you. Yeah, what's up? All right, we're back on Church Information and Open Forum. I'm Ike Steen, your host, and my co-host is the uh, uh, the most intelligent school board trustee in Dallas, which is uh, Miss Joyce Foreman. And uh, Miss Foreman, we're talking about elections and uh, all kind of stuff going on. And uh, I think people don't understand the struggle. You know, it's all right to sit back and observe, but when you get into the boots on the ground, get into the struggle of what's really going, get into the, the meat of the matter, you know. I think people, you know, you can read about stuff in the paper. Right. But Miss Foreman is the person you reading about in the paper. <laughs> uh, I think I got a call on the line. Let me get this call. I want to get to this charter school issue. Yes, uh, who sir. do we have? Uh, oh, he's on the phone. He'll be back up. Are you on there? Did I hear somebody? He's, okay, he's, oh, that's him. Yeah. Uh, the struggle with the charter school on, on right. Camp Wisdom in 35, I'm going to use that right here. Yes. Now, back eight years ago when we asked them not to put their school there because it is a terrible location. Right. A terrible location. And we're still suffering from that move with the traffic. Uh, that community is boxed in twice a day with that traffic. Mm -hmm. And most of the people that bring kids to their school don't do not live in that neighborhood. That's correct. So they don't respect that neighborhood. They're parking in front of people's driveways, and it's a major issue. But now, this is my problem with the rest of the problems I have with it is. Now it's that, all right, uh, let's move on. Let's see how can we can get this issue resolved. Some things you're not going to fix. If you put something, if something don't fit, it just don't fit. Correct. If you wear a size 10 shoe and your wife bring you a pair of eight shoes, it's too tight. So are you going to keep them shoes and just wear them anyway and saying you're just going to have to work with it? Are you going to go get you another pair? Are you going to do something different? See, the problem is they're trying to make that traffic situation work. They're saying, well, we can, and that it causing problems for McDonald's and causing problems for uh, both funeral homes and uh, uh, we got uh, Laureline, we got Evergreen, Sandra we got Clark. Sandra Clark, all that traffic coming through there. You got people exiting off the freeway at the same time people exiting out of the driveway to the school. We got some major issues and nobody wants to address that the proper way. Now, the only reason we're discussing it now is because Uplift, the SUP is up for renewal. And they've been there eight years. So that whole eight-year term, they didn't, we've been having these problems and there's nothing been done, but now they said, well, we're going to work on this. But you created a problem. Certain things you create that has to be corrected. 
it can't be adjusted. So I think we got a call on the line. I'm yeah, gonna get back to on. this. I don't want to hold my caller too long. Who do we have? Uh, we have uh, Beverly on the line too. Okay. Good morning, Beverly. How you guys doing? Good doing morning, great. Beverly. How you doing? You know what? I'm so glad you guys are talking about this. I keep saying integration messed us up. <laughs> I keep saying it, and you can't tell these young people nothing. You know what? You go back to, uh, I'm going to go all the way back to Pac-Man. This is where our problems start for me. These young people, they don't have the integrity to teach their kids what they need to teach them. They want to put these games in their hands. That's to, that's to keep them silent while the grown folks do what they do. I don't feel these kids need to have all of these kind of uh, war games and stuff like that. It should be an age limit on that. You know, it's, it's unreal what we're living in, and you can't tell these young people anything. They're so disrespectful. And if we are disrespectful to our own kind of people, what the heck do you expect other people to do how they treat us? So, Beverly, uh, you know, going through integration and really understanding the dynamics of, of what actually happened, we, um, not just from an educational standpoint, but from a community standpoint, we lost a lot. Yes, we did. Uh, and so uh, it's really hard to recapture a lot of the things that we lost because we lost a lot of intel out of our immediate communities. Uh, people left to go to the suburban cities and other places, but we still gotta work on that. Uh, but what I will tell you about young people is um, we've got to do a better job as an older generation of trying to figure out how to connect. It's, sad. it's, it's really hard when I, you try to tell the young mothers and they wanna tell you what time it is, and it amazes me because I'm 66. You 40-something. How you gonna tell me what time it is and you haven't even been here long enough to know what time it is and your people not even telling you the struggles we went through? Yeah, I try to reach out to to the uh, uh, children a lot, uh, particularly at schools where that are in my district, trying to trying to encourage them uh, to engage in positive activities. Uh, and I, I, when I speak to the young people, I don't allow um, certain things. There's, there's respect, and I, I demand respect. But at the same time, I give them a lot of respect. Because we have got to figure out a way that the generations connect. There's not, we're not connecting the way that we should to be able to move for, forward and better the community. So, and we need, we, uh, me and you need more training on right. how to work with these young people, understanding some of the dynamics that are going on with them. You know, when I walk on a campus, if someone's using foul language, I say, excuse me. Um, and, and they usually respond in a, in a positive way. We have just got to figure out a better way to connect. And we don't, we don't have that yet. We used to do a lot of this through the churches. Right. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. We <laughs> had some awesome churches. Well, let yes, me say this, Beverly. Uh, one thing, that's why I was talking about these violent video games, because our kids have been programmed for confrontation. Yes, you know, not 
for fellowship, but for confrontation. When you see people, you can be driving down the street and look over in the other car, they already mean mugging you and what you looking at. You know, but it used to be where they just wave and everybody had a friendly smile. You don't know what's going on now. You don't no, know who got not. what, but because we got to reprogram ourselves and understand who we are as a people. And that's one exactly. thing Real Barnett talks about in the Bible. Know who you are. Once the kids know, that's my brother. That's my sister I'm mm-hmm. putting down. That's mm-hmm. my brother that I'm shooting. Some of these kids are killing each other and uh, everything else. You don't know. These kids need to go to the family reunion to see how families are, are united. And I'm going to have to go. I got my lines are filling up. I guess everybody done All got All right, you, you guys have a fabulous weekend and stay safe. Thank you. Thank you, Beverly. Uh-huh. So, uh, uh-huh. All right, who do we have next? Uh, we have uh, Mr. T on uh, line two. Mr. T. Yeah. Good morning, Mr. T. Greetings, how you doing? Good morning, how you doing? We're a great program. I'm glad I'm listening to this. Uh, if anybody wants to give you a call, 972 I teach African cultural education. I'm just going to give you an example of what I mean by that. Um, I was down at the uh, Houston uh, Museum, Bertie, the History of Science, with a big, huge Ramses exhibit there. Okay, so uh, I was just there visiting, but because I knew the artifacts and the history and the culture, I was able to actually walk around and start explaining to people what it was. Uh, my bottom line is, is that after a little while, everybody started following me around asking me questions about it, even the younger people there. And they were very interested in that. So what I'm saying is teaching our education from that perspective, I believe will do a great, will be a great benefit to everybody uh, because uh, especially our kids don't know anything about that. Um, they left, I was there, um, and I love the history and you know, all the artifacts that they had to show. But my greatest experience of being there is explaining to people who didn't even know anything about it um, left with an understanding and I was just there visiting after I was there people asked me did I you know did I want a job there did I want to work there and stuff like that and all I was doing was just visiting but it was a great experience for me and I think that's something that TSC now today right alright we thank you for that Ness. you are absolutely right because that's what we are in a battle with now you're talking about African article, article facts and history uh, we got some history right here in America that they don't want to be taught. And that's our problem, is learning our history. We can't just, like we say, uh, these kids, how we are losing a generation. Well, they trying to steal a generation of history. They, this country is such a great country, but they say our forefathers, which I was telling this, your forefathers, not mine, but most of them was pedophiles, rapers, uh, men abusers, uh, uh, just everything. And these people went down in history as some of the greatest people ever lived. So I understand what you're saying, and we do need to learn history. History is not the critical race theory, period. Exactly. So, exactly. So um, if anything I could do uh, for the audience out there, if any questions uh, they would like to ask me, uh, they can call me at 972-358-6546. And I would love to at least point them in the right direction. Well, you can do me a favor, too. I'm going to give you a phone number, 972-647-1893. And we need people like you 
brothers like you that's educated in history to continue to call and help us guide our young people through this dry time when they don't understand where they come from or who they are. You know, because some of these kids are raised by their grandmothers, their parents in pen, they uh, mama's on crack and everything. So we need to move forward. But I thank you for that call. And be feel free to call in again because my lines are filling up. I guess they done got their coffee and they ready to go. So who do we have next? Uh, we have uh, Arthur on uh, line one now. Hold it. Who? who? Arthur. All right, I'm not going to try that. So good morning. How you doing? My name is actually Arthur. Arthur. Okay, Arthur. I'm glad I didn't mess that up. You can blame yeah, that on yeah, Pierre. Man, I, I, there you go, Pierre. Got that excellent, man. All right, go ahead. <laughs> this morning, uh, you, you guys are truly correct. It's the system that has destroyed our families. They brought in the crack, and it destroyed families. But I listened to the lady say that kids are disrespectful. Kids are not born disrespectful. Right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, and then like I said, the system has changed now. Back in the day, mama and big mama would beat your behind, and you get some migraines. There wasn't no ADD and all this kind of stuff that's going on. Mm. Uh, we never heard of all that. But when they would beat you, these kids now say, well, I'm not going to beat my kids like my parents. Well, there ain't no such word as beat. Let me rephrase that. Whooping. You know, when you got whooping, it makes you a better person. None of these kids don't want to whoop their children. And I'll give you an example. The other week, my niece came by with her daughter. Her daughter's 11 years old. She said something too, and she raised her hand up and said, like, shut up, I can't if you don't get your butt over here right now. And that's where we've lost that. That the parents are trying to be friends to these children right. instead of raise these children. And I also listened to the guy earlier who was talking about the crime is because of single black family. <laughs> the guy that killed those folks in New Valley, he wasn't black. Right. The guy that killed the folks in Buffalo, he wasn't black, so we can't just blame Right. Black community for crime. Absolutely. It's all over. It's just how the system is. And what we need to do for is that getting out and voting and getting the right people in to pass the right laws that can protect well, us. Getting out and, uh, hold up. Getting out and doing what? Vote. Say that one more time. Get out and vote and get the right people in office. We can sit back and complain about it all day long, but until we get up and go vote, We can't do nothing with that. That's what it starts with. I like what you just said. Get out and vote and get the right people in. Because voting is very important, but knowing who to vote for is also very important. And I thank you for that call, Arthur, and I want you to continue to call in. I never heard you call before, but continue to call in and encourage a generation that we need to, you know, we could sit back and say, well, we lost a generation. Well, we don't, have that luxury to lose a generation. And we can talk Amen. about these generations and how long we can't skip over a generation and go to the next phase. No, we got to correct this right now. Absolutely. And respect is something uh, Miss Foreman is in the in the school system. And we have to teach these kids, okay, if you're not gonna respect these teachers, you know, it's gonna be some consequences. We're gonna send you home and let your parents deal with you. Then, because some of these parents don't have respect. You know, you see these young ladies and uh, men too, they all at Walmart and uh, slapping the kids upside the head. Slap them on the butt. Don't slap them upside the head. Well, they already can't think straight. So we got some issues. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but we got some issues. But thank you, Arthur. Let me go into another caller. And I appreciate your call. And uh, 
And feel free to always call. A break? Right, you want you a man. break? Yes, I'd like to thank uh, the lady, the, the educator. Thanks for all you do for educating our children. Thank you so much, and it's absolutely my pleasure uh, to be able to uh, be involved in public education. Again, I'd like to make a shout-out to Miss Barry over at Wilma Hutchins. That is an awesome lady and a great educator who looks out for these children in their collegiate program. Oh, very good. Okay, Thank hold you. up, Arthur. Did you go to Wilma Hutchinson? No, sir. I'm a golden bear. Okay. And, I, and I'm a tiger. My children go to Wilma Hutchinson. Okay. She did a 360-degree turn on my son, who I thought I was on a great job, but didn't realize it took the school and the educators at the school. It takes a village to raise these children. Absolutely. And she did a great job, and I appreciate it. Right now. I'm glad you said that because sometimes when these kids get off track, it's not easy getting them back on track. But what we'll do is give up. And moving your kid from school to school, sometimes it's not, not going to get it. You're just moving the problem from one area to another. You got to go up there and get with these administrators and these teachers and these coaches and find out what is your kid doing. Because the kid, when he get home... It's always, well, she don't like me, and uh, she did this. And you get up there, it's a whole different ball game. These kids is out yeah, of control, yeah. And, yeah. and and you got to go up there, and sometimes you got to ask the, uh, especially in the elementary schools, in the uh, middle school, right. you got to go up there and talk to them people and say, look, you got a little conference room, I can go in there and talk to my child, and go yeah. in there and rough them up, then you come out of there smiling like it ain't nothing happened. Did it too many times. <laughs> You know, right. and when they took out the punishment phase out of the school yeah. and the home, yeah. you know, you yeah. smack a kid yeah. now. They call nine one one. So I, I know you got other callers. I'm gonna give you another quick example. When my I got a 34 year old, we were driving in the car when she was like 12, and she was like, she just kept bumping. I said, "Girl, if you don't shut up, I'm gonna turn around and slap you." And she said, "And if you slap me, I'm gonna call the police. Then what you gonna do?" I said, "I'm gonna turn around and slap you again." <laughs> You know, so that's what they've gotten to the point to where parents are afraid to do anything because the laws have changed to where kids can. I mean, I, I had a guy that he whooped his daughter and the courts got involved. He had to move out his own house because they called him a thief. Because she was sneaking a little boy in her bedroom one. Right. But the police shoot him in okay. the back while they running, but that's, uh, they fell threatened. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm, that's what I'm going to do next time I have to put foot to one of my grandkids or kids. <laughs> I'm going to tell the police I feel threatened and see how that come out. There you go. <laughs> All right. And thank you for your call, yeah, Arthur. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Who do we have next? Okay. Oh, Miss Alma. So, go ahead. So you, you had started the conversation about the charter schools. The charter schools. And um, one of the things that um, we talk about the issues with the traffic and, and those kinds of things, but we also know that there are other other issues. Okay. We're going to take a break and go ahead, Mr. Steen. 972-647-1893. You can join this conversation. We'll be right back. Yeah, what's up? All right, we're back on Church Information and Open Forum. I'm Eichstein, your host, and my uh, co-host is Miss George, former trustee of District 6 in Dallas. Uh, and we were talking about charter schools, and I'm going to let her continue. But let me say this. 
When we talk about the critical race theory and history and things that's going on that they don't want taught in the school, charter schools don't have boards for, well, elected officials. They got CEOs and uh, people that have been appointed. So that's, them are co- cooperations that, and that's the best way in the world to get rid of the right kind of history is go through a charter school where you don't have any say so. So go ahead, Ms. Foreman. Uh, you, you, uh, you raise a good point regarding uh, how charter schools are governed. Uh, they don't have an elected body. Um, they're usually nonprofits, uh, and they select the people on, on their board. Uh, one of the things that I've, I've had concerns about is just the quality of education, let alone all of the other issues that we have. Many of them have struggled and they are basically located in areas where there are predominantly black and Hispanic students. And, and we want the best for our children also. And when you ask them about relocating to areas where there are um, uh, more white students, they um, kind of frown at you and look kind of crazy uh, because they know that some of the, the antics are not going to be accepted. Um, eight years ago, uh, it's when I met Ike Steen, in fact. Uh, he was protesting against the charter school coming up. I was just becoming, uh, getting on the Dallas ISD school board. And we uh, got together to try to fight that issue. Uh, several things happened in the process. Um, they were bringing in a middle school that was low performing. Uh, that's not even being addressed at this point because right. what did they do? They changed the name. Right. And remember, it was Pinnacle, Uplift, Uplift Pinnacle, Pinnacle, and now it's Uplift Wisdom. Wisdom. So they've changed the name and they've hidden the fact that, that they were low performing. Uh, many of the students don't live in the neighborhood, so hence you create a traffic issue when you have to pick the students up. We just recently found out that um, they've been granted up to 1,900 students on that campus. So you can imagine the number of cars twice a day uh, that will be coming through that area. And when you exit uh, um, Camp Wisdom from 35, it's just a short span to get to Camp Wisdom. Right. And so that is just causing a traffic a bottleneck uh, that will not, uh, it will not go away. And how you, how, you, how you solve the problem is going to be even more difficult, I think, than some people um, believe it is going to be. You move to school. But what, you, what you've done is you have to take into effect that the city's bonds are the ones that backed the building of that school. The city put in millions of dollars of infrastructure uh, for that school. There was a close connection between the former mayor and the person who was the board president for Uplift, or the board chair for Uplift at that time. So, so the city is more uh, engaged in that particular uh, charter school than they have been in previous charter schools. But that doesn't mean that we are not going to continue to fight. And I, I totally agree that moving the school would probably be the, the better issue. But if you look at any uplift charter school, there are traffic problems. 
if you go to uh, on Hampton, there are traffic problems. If you go to West Dallas, there are traffic problems. So almost anywhere they're putting these charter schools, there are going to be traffic problems. And the city is going to have to find a better way to deal with that through their planning commission. Because that doesn't enhance the community. I am a firm believer in choice. And I believe that there, uh, there are going to be charter schools and we're going to have to coexist in some situations. But the overrunning of charter schools is where we have the real issue. And I think the charter schools should, be, um, should have to have the same standards as your ISDs. If you look at Faith Family. I'm glad you mentioned that. <laughs> uh, which is at uh, I-35 and Keast. Between Overton and Keys, mm-hmm. um, it's 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 a school that is an alternative school. So we got almost two thousand of our children in a school that's alternative. That parents don't even really know it's an alternative school because it doesn't have to meet the same standards as your ISD in the neighborhood. So there are just a lot of problems with charter, but this doesn't come necessarily from Dallas. It starts in Washington. It goes to Austin and then it filters into the the cities. And we have we have to find a better way um, to put these charter schools in our area. They can't be on major interstates causing these kinds of problems. Well look at life right there at Ann Arbor in thirty five. Same thing. So that's there's three. Keith in 35, Ann Arbor in 35, Camp Wisdom in 35, and they wanted to put one on Wheatland in 35. That is so, correct. But we steady in the fight. That's why I said we need boots on the ground. You need to pay attention to what's going on. They finna do something. I haven't found out what it is. On the northwest corner of Camp Wisdom and University Hills, something finna go right there. I don't know what. I just found that out when I was at the planning commission uh, Thursday. But it's stuff coming our way. We don't understand. We don't know what's going on. And before you know it, it's already there. And you say, well, I didn't get a chance to say anything about it. They don't want you to say anything about it. If you didn't get a notice, that's by design. They didn't, they didn't not know your address. They didn't want to know your address. They didn't want your input. Certain things they put in our community. When I was at the planning commission, it was standing room only because the white people, I'm not trying to, they were down there protesting and standing up for stuff they didn't want or they do want in their community. But we be, I know we be at work or we be doing other things, but sometimes whatever you're doing that you're not at work, you need to come down there and see what's going on because we can complain about stuff when we, all, we could have a voice. And that's why the young man said earlier, you need to vote and you need to know who you're voting for. The person you vote for, this is not a popularity contest. You need to vote for somebody that got your interests at heart. And that's our problem. So we're going to talk about voting. But right now, we're still talking about that charter school on Camp Wisdom in 35. I asked him, how many accidents have you had right here? coming out of McDonald's or coming out of this charter school or over on Bridefield or Cherry Point, the streets that's around this school. And they uh, tried to uh, incorporate T.G. Terry, which was the existing D.I.S.D. school 
that was already, it's been there for I don't know how long, but it's been there. And it's a neighborhood school. So why in the world would you put another school a block from it? So we, we have these issues, and I'm gonna say this. Sometimes the people on that city council tell us what we need. They dictate to you, oh, this is what you need. No, it's not what we need. We know what we need. You know, you can go to the doctor and you got a cold and he tell you uh, he need to do an EKG. I don't need an EKG. I need some cough syrup. So, but he's making money off of you. And we have to understand that. And you can join this conversation. 972-647-1893. Miss Arnold, I mean, Miss Arnold. I miss Miss Arnold this morning. I miss Miss Arnold, too. I don't know where. I know she got something to do this morning, but I'm going to have to have a talk with her because uh, she's busy today. But, uh. You know, one of the things you, you made a, a good point is is a lot of times we elect people um, to represent us, but we don't take the time to hold those people accountable. Right. Or support them. Or support them. Um, because, I mean, you're not going to always agree on the issues, but, but at least you need to let the elected officials know where you stand on particular issues. I know one of the things that you and I both did uh, in regards to the charter school on 35 in Camp Wisdom is, is that we immediately started to let council people know exactly where we, we stood. We had community meetings right. uh, to bring uh, neighborhood people in and other elected officials. If you remember, we had tons of elected right. officials in a, a neighborhood meeting that we had just to deal with those uh, particular issues. And, and normally what they do is they go and find an African-American yep. to, to put in front of us uh, to say it's okay because we got this black pe person here. Right. Uh, which is always a problem. Which we're going through right now. But uh, as we was talking about the elected officials, now, some of our elected officials, they can't keep an eye on everything. So sometimes we can't blame them for stuff that happened and they didn't even know it because uh, Miss Joyce Foreman went to our state Senator Royce West and made him aware of what was going on. He didn't want to hear it at first, <laughs> but I think she was pretty aggressive. Uh, I was persistent. vocal. And <laughs> we got his attention, and he came to the meeting. That's right. So, and that's what uh, he worked with us on this. So, uh, hold up. Let me get to the phone. Yeah, we have a concerned citizen. Concerned citizen. Concerned Good citizen. Good morning, concerned citizen. Good morning. I, uh, I just didn't want to give my name this morning, but, and uh, Miss Foreman. Yes. Uh, we all went to school together over there at Lincoln. I just wanted to tell the people that what y'all are saying is true. Before immigration, when we came up, I was born and raised in Bunton and got my education in college and everything. And and uh, I had a sister that finished school with you. And I, don't, I won't say that the year, but it was from Lincoln. And uh, a lot of y'all young ladies uh, ran around together, and, I, and some of them are still living, some of them are not. But uh, 
And we knew we had things. If, if people lived there knew when you were trying to tell them every week, we had our own uh, stores. We had a, a dry goods store, Bowman's Dry Goods. We had uh, Cheney Cleaners, who Mr. Cheney, his son, went on to be a city council member. Correct. Uh, 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 Allen's Grocery Store. And who could forget Thompson Grocery Stores on the corner of Bear Street? And uh, the therm now across from A.K.S. Thompson. And I just want to tell the kids, they're probably not teaching the kids all this history. It's a rich history right. from South Dallas. And I, I'd go down there every now and then. I went down and and got with the chairman of the Bonton Foundation, and I took him on a walk through the area showing him what everything is there now, what was there before then. And I told him, I still remember my address. I, we live right in front of the project there. I stayed at 6507 Canaan Street. And he was amazed. This, this guy, this chairman of the board, was amazed. And he had, invited me back down there. And I told him what was on the spot where the restaurant is now. And uh, and uh, I just told him this. We have a lot of great people come from down there. That's right. Sports figures. Politics. A lot of people don't remember the, the pro football player Abner Haynes grew up down there in Bunton and went to Lincoln. Yeah, Lindsey Cole, uh, 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 the white white who went on to play with the Pittsburgh Steelers, mm -hmm. stayed behind us on Keeler Street. You remember that, Miss Farmer? Oh, of course I do. I remember Dwayne Thomas and. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, and I see, do. Dwayne, if I told my brother and Dwayne was brother-in-laws, they married two sisters, uh, the, the Malone sisters. Right. And uh, that might tell you a little bit who my brother is, but they finished together. And uh, you remember Dr. Emmy Conrad, who could forget him, and he came from Baton Rouge, Louisiana here and started his his practice there on Bear Street, which is Malcolm X Boulevard now. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was just so many things we had, and people don't, these children these days don't know the rich history of all these uh, black enclaves, like you mentioned Elvis Pickett, and what's happening out there. And uh seems like the only one that's going to be able to stand is Hamilton Park. You know, they never, those, that, that enclave out there uh, they stuck together and they did not sell all their properties to TI and they, people are still holding on to those properties out there to a lot of the descendants. But I just wanted to call and let people know that there's a rich history down there and H.S. Thompson, I'm, I'm going to leave y'all with one seat, one deal that most kids don't know and they studied and you probably remember but H.S. Thompson Elementary School was we all went to, they got the name wrong. The guy's name was S.H. Thompson, and our principal at the time wanted the children to know that, and we did, We wasn't integrated then, and the school uh, board did not have the money to change the name back, so they just left it H.S. Thompson. Do you remember that, Ms. Farmer? I do not. I actually came out of Fraser Courts, and I did not that's remember right, that. That's right. Yeah, you was over, you was over there in Fraser Courts with uh, uh, oh, Senator uh, West. Senator West and all of them, yeah. <laughs> right. and, uh, 
and but uh, uh, when you got there, you you uh, you had a lot of friends there at Lincoln. Yes. Uh, uh, all the 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 Yankees, the the Jetsons, the Montgomery. That those are the, the ladies' names that you mm-hmm. ran around with. You mm-hmm. probably know. Uh-huh. All right. And uh, so I'm not gonna hold you. I just want I want to chicken tell young people listen. They need to listen to this show and support this show because right. there's a lot, a, 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 as they say, a plethora of uh, rich history down there. And, and the people before the immigration, we had our own, we had our own theater, the Lincoln Show, the Lego Show mm-hmm. over there. And I know Miss Farmer remember those. Mm-hmm. And of we course. had everything, grocery stores, everything we needed and, and, uh, in South Dallas, in the East Dallas, what we call right. East Dallas back then. All right. So I'm going to let y'all go, and I just want the woman to trumpet what y'all are doing and, and ask the people to get behind this. And, and as one of your callers said earlier, get out and vote. That vote. is the key. Right. We will. We won't have all these things uh, thrown down our throat like what's happened over there on Marshallers in '35, when the people vote against it, and then the the politicians still ram it down your throat for right. ulterior right. motives. You know. All right. And so, okay. Well, y'all, thank y'all you. Have thank you. Cause we day. we got a. a and, whole lot of calls. Are we up against a break? All right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm we, gone, uh, and, and thank y'all. And thank y'all you. Have you too. We have the two uh, extra minutes. We got two. Okay. okay. Yeah. And we have right. Thank you for that too. call. I'm sorry for the interruption. I'm trying to get to some of these calls because we're getting ready for a break. But uh, uh, who do we have? Uh, we have uh, David. David. Yeah. Good morning, David. How you doing, sir? Doing great. How about yourself? Oh, I got peace of mind. In 1870, of history of what we seen of a genocide degenerated race of people that call themselves black African Americans. And I know your history from 1565 when they brought the first Mennonite on the good ship Jesus of Lustfall with John Hopkins to Jamestown, Virginia. I can recite that in history. Got 
All right, we're back on Church Information in Open Form. I'm Ike Steen, your host, sitting in for Reverend Barnett with my co-host, Miss Joyce Foreman, School Board Trustee, District 6. And you can join Reverend Barnett tomorrow on Facebook at 930 Heavenly Joy Church. Miriam Barnett on Facebook. So uh, I was listening to the last caller saying we're not going to be able to stop. Uh, this movement. Let me say this right here. Uh, sometimes you got to get, the Bible talks about who we believe our report or who report what you believe. And sometimes we listen to people that's talking about the fight instead of listening to people that's in the fight. Uh, I remember back when they tried to close the main post office down on 30 and move it to Capel. Yep. Saying that the technology and the innovation was going to Capel. That building has so many new machines and updated equipment in it that they will move it just to get rid of jobs. You know why? Because most of the employees there were black people. That's right. And they brought in two politicians, elected officials. One of them was Commissioner John Wally Price. Mm -hmm. The other one was Miss Eddie Bernice Johnson. And Miss Johnson said that the post office was privatized, which was incorrect. And Mr. Price said that the train done left the station, but the brothers and sisters down there are fighting a good fight. But all the technology is gone to Capel. Well, the people that worked there knew better. But nobody talked to them. They talked to the people that was trying to make the move to close it down because it was Fort Worth Post Office that was targeted to be closed and not Dallas. Correct. So sometimes you got to listen to the people that's in the fight, not the people that's reporting about the fight. Because if you're in the fight and you're involved in it, you know what's going on. So you can join this conversation at 972-647-1893. And Ms. Well, Former, while I'm talking about the fight, let me say this. When we were fighting against that charter school, the news said that uh, Joyce Foreman uh, don't want the charter school there because uh, she's trying to protect uh, DISD jobs and she's involved in the DISD, uh, uh, the teachers' union. That was all inaccurate. And I made a statement at that meeting, the community meeting. I said, if this school is so good, if it has all this stuff to add and it's going to educate these kids and do all this you said it's going to do, won't you build it in your own neighborhood? When the news came on, they showed me saying, build it in your own neighborhood, like in a negative spin. So you got to understand what you're up against when you get into these fights because you're going to get some surprises. So go ahead, Ms. Foreman. Oh, I was just going to uh, echo some of the things that you just said. Uh, there were some outside people like myself that certainly supported keeping the post office where it, where it was right. uh, after being contacted by, by the union. Uh, one of the things that kind of disturbs me is, is that if you are not willing to put up a fight for what you know is wrong, then you're part of the problem right, too. Right, right. Because um, we have to have enough gumption to be able to stand up to wrong, no matter who brings it to us. Mm -hmm. Doesn't have anything to do with race or gender. 
If somebody brings something wrong to you, you should be able to say, I don't believe in that. I'm going to fight that. And if we give up, if we just sit down and say we're not going to change anything, guess what? We will not. We will not. We will give up. If we would, uh, the slaves would have gave up, what would have happened? You know, we, they're always talking about, well, we got to move on from slavery. We can't move on to slavery. We're still, of, it's, chain, it's chained to us. You know, we, we, we got better opportunities now, but that's why we have better opportunities. And uh, people say, well, they don't have enough money to do this in your neighborhood or to do this at your school. That's a lie. Have to challenge them. Look at the bond packages that Dallas done passed. And I want to get out there. I mean, I was talking to uh, Miss Foreman and other people when DISD in Dallas passed these large bond packages. And uh, we tried to get them not to vote for these bond packages until you know what you're going to get. And they vote for them anyway because one of our uh, elected officials say, well, let's vote for it and see what we get out of it. And that's what we got out of it. We didn't get nothing because we took the wrong attitude. And let me tell you this right here about some of our elected officials, whether it be they black, white, or Hispanic, some of them are tied into the money chain. Stuff that you don't understand that's going on, they have contracts. They have uh, uh, different uh, partnerships with some of these people that's trying to get contracts. Some of these uh, uh, people, they might be a lawyer. They might be uh, uh, working for DISD in the city of Dallas. So you got to follow the money. And sometimes they're not going at it for your best interest. They're going out for their money. they making a dollar. And you can join this conversation at 972-647-1893. And if you don't want to talk about what we're talking about, We'll let you put out what you want to put out as long as it's correct because we don't want to have to go back and correct nobody's, uh, you know, bad information or bad advice or anything. But, Ms. Foreman, uh, let's go back to the charter school. They don't want to talk about moving it. Correct. Or they spend millions of dollars on it. Correct. But it's still in the wrong spot. Correct. And we got betrayed by some of our own people to put that school in there. That school actually won by one vote. Well, I, I beg the difference. Uh, they the lost difference? by one vote, but uh, <laughs> uh, the one vote was told to change the vote. <laughs> and anytime that happens, see, we won the vote. Yes, we did. Then they said, oh, wait, hold, hold up. Somebody pushed the wrong button. Somebody <laughs> voted the wrong way. And they had it changed, which was illegal, which we found out through attorneys later on it should have been it should have been a final vote if they want to revisit they could have so uh who do we have here uh we have uh, james on uh, line one now james james here yeah. on line one good morning james good morning james Panel. good morning I, uh, can you hear yes, yes sir okay, okay. like uh a week or two ago, the Supreme Court that we have now uh, passed a, a thing, or they made an agreement that uh, it's not only okay for charter schools to get governmental assistance, but also religious schools. And a lot of these religious schools, as you know, were set up so that white folks could avoid integration. And basically what they're talking about is the, uh, 
Baptist and Methodist and, and that kind of thing. The Buddhist, the Muslims, the the uh, the Voodooing, uh, uh the Hindu people, they're not going to get the same kind of consideration that these uh, white Christians are going to get. So my uh, thing is, uh, how can we change this? And, you know, I tried to ask the barrister last time uh, about the process for changing the stuff that the Supreme Court rules on, and I wasn't able to get a, a clear answer. But I wanted to ask uh, uh, trustee, uh, the school board trustee, what, uh, what does she think about this whole issue and what can be done to change it? Because I think it's a clear violation of church and state. I'll, uh, I'll hang up and get get down. Vote. <laughs> I, I think uh, Ike said the right thing, and that that's both. But, you know, one of the things about um, uh, the Supreme Court, their rulings can be challenged. Uh, and, and somebody has to file a lawsuit to be able to challenge that. If you look at just what happened with uh, Roe versus Wade, although they reversed it, now you have people filing lawsuits to get it back in the court. Right. And so you're going to, that, that's the only way that I know that that you can change that. Uh, one of the things that concern me about that particular ruling is, is that we can't even pray in the schools. And I think taking prayer out of the schools affected us a lot. Right. Uh, but now we want to give money to churches, different churches, different religions, but we can't even pray in the ISDs. And so that's just a dichotomy of what's actually going on. And it's just shifting money out to people from the government that basically don't have to account for it. You, if you look at your, your churches, your churches are not going to have to account for that. Right. And so if you look at your ISDs or your independent school districts, uh, we are going to have to account for, for that. For every penny. So it, it, it just, yeah, it makes a big, big difference. And you make a great point, by the way. Well, when, when it comes down to certain things, we have to vote. And, and we got to understand the Supreme Court, you know, uh, sometimes they make you think they're the white supremacist court with some of the stuff that they rule on. And uh, it seems that always goes against the will of the people and not for the will of the people because it then changed through Trump. Trump then changed a lot of things. Yeah, but any time you, you appoint people for life, <laughs> there are no consequences. Right. They, they can't lose their job. They can't, they can't lose anything. What do you get a job for life? <laughs> only, only job black people get for life is the penitentiary. You get life in the penitentiary, but not, not out here. So we, we got some issues. And uh, uh, I was understanding what the guy was talking about, uh, the schools. Now, you look at these charter schools now. Deion Sanders had a charter school next to life. There was another charter school over on Wheatland called Children First. Mm -hmm. Those kids was all on TV begging the uh, TEA not to close their school down. They had these black kids begging, we love this school, don't close it, don't close it. He had another one in the old Kroger building on Hampton in Luke 12, black owned and operated. They closed it. But they closed in black charter schools, not white charter schools. And nobody want to talk about that. Oh, you always want to bring in race. I didn't bring in race. Race was already here. I'm just pointing it out. 
Why are the black charter schools being closed and the white ones are giving, getting a pass? Uh, uh, Ms. Former was talking about fake family. It had the same credentials of failing that Dion's school had, that Children First had, that the school up on uh, uh, Luke 12 and uh, uh, Hampton had. Focus. Focus, that was it. They all were failing schools and they were closed. Faith Family was a failing school. They didn't close it. They let them use Faith Family Walter Hatchet Charter. So we, these are the games and the tricks they play on us. It's still racism. It's still uh, critical race theory, which is history. So we have to look at everything, and we have to also start holding. I'm tired of trying to hold uh, elected officials accountable, and the first thing they say is, well, uh, when the white man did it, you didn't say nothing about it. Or, uh, uh, we just turned black people down. No, no, we're trying to build it up. We're trying to build our communities up. We're tired. We want to know why over at, uh, what is it, Alliance Airport? Not Alliance, uh, Executive Airport, which used mm -hmm. to be Redbird. Mm -hmm. We want to know why the Dallas kids didn't get to go over there and take up the aviation classes, but the Grand Prairie kids did. It's in Dallas. Mm -hmm. We want to know these things. When our kids are being denied access of something that we fought for, we go out there and fight, somebody else get it. And that's another thing they do to us with civil rights. We fight for civil rights. They, we got a, Like we got a U-Haul trailer hooked up to us, and we got everybody got to jump on the trailer, and we got to tow them in. When we fight for black history, okay, we had to also fight for Hispanic history, or Mexican history, all right? When we fought for our rights, we got to fight for gay rights. But do they fight with us when we up there fighting by ourselves? when black folks are getting shot down in the street by the police? Where are your gays and your Hispanics then? They show up when they want to. We show up because we've been pressed down. We've been discriminated against. Ain't nobody telling the Hispanics that uh, the Alamo is critical race theory, but we get that when we start fighting. So you can join this conversation. Maybe, maybe it's too hot in here. Let me turn the air up a little bit, uh, Pierre. 972-647-1893. Uh, Miss, uh, Miss Foreman, will you please let people know who is the mayor pro tem of Dallas right now? So uh, the mayor pro tem of Dallas is the one and only uh, city council person for District 4, and that's Councilwoman Carolyn King Arnold. Uh, we were so excited to hear that her peers had made her the mayor pro tem. It might be the first time an African-American woman has been mayor pro tem, and uh, hopefully it's not the last. Right. There's no question in my mind that she deserves the honor and that she will uh, continue to work for the people in her district, which is District 4, along with the people throughout the city. Um, what you have to remember about Councilwoman Arnold or Mayor Pro Tem uh, Arnold is, is that she's an educator by profession. Mm -hmm. And so she's never going to leave that behind us. She's going to continue to make sure uh, that she educates us and that she makes sure that she, uh, in fact, 
is going to do the best possible job that she could. All right. Well, we're up against a short break. We'll be right back. You can join us at 972-647-1893. Yo, what's up? I'ma kick it with mine, y'all know. Yo, Slim, can I kick it right now? Here we go. All right, we're back on Church Information in Open Form. I'm Ike Stein, your host, and my co-host is Miss uh, George Farmer, School Board Trustee, District 6. Uh, you can join Reverend Barnett tomorrow, 9.30 on Facebook. Heavenly George Church, Miriam Barnett Sr. All right, so... As soon as you get off the phone, we're going to get back to business. You can join us, 972-647-1893. And we're going to, you know, I might need to tone it down, but I think I'm going to turn it up because there's so much going on, and we're not going to have too many more opportunities to really get out here and put stuff out here. We got some stuff going on. We're talking about voting and stuff. While he's on the phone, let me say this. Do you remember back the election when Heath Harris ran for the party chair of the Democratic Party in Dallas? Yes. He made an allegation or a statement that the Democratic Party in Dallas was racist. And he ran against, I think it was Darlene Ewing at the time. And everybody just pushed that aside. But when I say everybody, I'm talking about everybody in the Democratic Party pushed it aside. They didn't want that kind of talk going on. But now you look at what's going on with the Democrats, you're kind of wondering. Because the Democrats got the House, they got the, uh, the Senate, and we can't even uh, 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 pass an old lady in a wheelchair going into a school zone. We ain't got nothing passed. So who do we have next? Okay, we have someone on line one, but I couldn't hear uh, the name. He's All right, line one. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good yes, morning. sir. How you doing this morning? Doing okay. All right. I just want to say why, when I went to go vote, they don't have all the information on the people that I'm voting for. And I, and I brought it to the voting people uh, establishment about this. So, let's talk about, when, before I go vote, I do a research. Then half the people didn't have no information about themselves on the voting ballot. Well, it's not going to be on the ballot. It's going it to be, be, it, it be somewhere available for you to access. Right. It because a lot of people, a lot of na these names you go vote, you don't even know who these people are. You don't, right. The propositions that you voting for, you don't know anything about them. Right. I don't think they got a name, no picture. Anything that you see about them that's on the news, you they have no picture where you can realize, oh, this is who they're talking about. Uh, kind of like name recognition. If you ain't seen them on TV or... See, right. Yeah, that's then you I'm can... Saying kind of understand. I understand what you're saying. I've been there. I have to, sometimes I'm at the uh, uh, the voting booth. I go there and I have to back off and call somebody. Who is this person? Uh, uh, there's something always going on. And uh, we got these propositions. We had to get a, uh, uh, state representative Yvonne Davis do last election cycle to come on here and explain to us about these property taxes. Uh, 
uh, propositions they had up there. We didn't know what was going on. So I understand what you're saying. Yeah, that's, now, that, now, that's what I'm saying. When I go to Google, I want to see the person picture. I want to know all about them, where they went to school, what they had voted for. These are the things I need to know. But then they, when you go and, and do the research off the, uh, the ballot that you download, and then you can go through all the names and you, and you read them and you uh, Google them. I take my time and do that. And I ask the people why uh, these are just names. They all don't have no pictures about these people. They don't have nothing about these people. Well, I, I feel your pain, brother. Can you explain any of that, Miss Former? You like to dive off any of this? Well, I, I think it's an interesting question, but um, I can't ever recall ballots having right. that kind of right. information. No, no, I'm not saying the ballot, just the name, and then you go to Google and you look it up. Okay, so so what you it might... don't have no picture about them. Okay, let's say it's two different names that's up, mm-hmm. that, that you, that when you Google it. And then when you click on it, you, you don't know if that's the person you're talking about or what. So I, I, I can't speak for Google because I you know I they do they have different technology but what I would what I would strongly uh, suggest is you do a search on that person's name and then That's what I'm talking about. then you can go to photos and you can see the people they might not have a picture on the article but if you go to the photos so when you when you Google it or do a search you have an opportunity to pull up pictures of those particular people right. and you might want to try that it's, I think that's well, well, the last time I uh, the, the last time I voted because I brought it to uh, the people that was at the desk about it mm-hmm. and she said you right and she, she went went to the ballot you, you know how you download the ballot from uh, Austin mm-hmm. and then it gives you the name of everybody that's on that you could vote for yes when I got ready to do a research, it was not there. Then hmm. hmm. I, I asked him, I said, why is uh, this? I don't know who I'm voting for. That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, well, the people at the at the polling place will not be right. able to give you that kind of information. So not well, our communication is... It's yeah, so, yeah. The the people at the polling place will not share that kind of information right. because you know, then they would be they would be accused of right. directing you on who to vote for. No, 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 no. It, it, it's not those people. I'm saying that I download the ballot every time I, before I go vote. About a week before I go vote, and I do a research on everybody that that they be talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, call the call the party office, call the Democratic Party yes. or the Republican Party office if that's who you, uh, whichever one you gonna vote, and ask them about these people because the people that the polls, like she said, they cannot do it. They got poll no, watchers now that intimidating not people. Them. I just was telling them when they go to when they download when they go to the uh, uh, the ballot from that's Austin the the website, and you click on it. Some people's pictures were there, some people's pictures wasn't there. And that's what I'm saying. 
The name is there, but no picture. Right. I don't know. Maybe they didn't provide a picture. I don't. I don't know what's going yeah, on with that. I, I can't comment on it. Go and vote for people. You got to know who you're really talking about. You know what I mean? That's what I'm Sandra? saying. When when y'all said research, Sandra. that was the reason why I called right. to let okay. you know that if you do the research, that the information is not there. Right. Well, Thank you. All right. Have a good day. Uh, all right. See you then. Get the info. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, what, who do we have next, Pierre? <laughs> we have uh, Sandra on uh, line three. Sandra? Sandra, yeah. All right. Good morning, Sandra. Yes, good morning. Um, I'd just like to say to the last caller, uh, the Postal Service uh, filled our mailboxes with political mail prior to the election. You've got pictures on this mail. You've got all of all the criteria needed in order to inform you of who this person is. Now, I don't know, you know, maybe some don't take advantage of it. I save all of mine because when you go to the polls, you already need to have in your mind who you're going to vote for. Right. Mm -hmm. So I strongly suggest to take advantage of when we know an election is coming up, Our boxes are bombarded yes, with they political are. mail. Yes, they are. And the are. post office, trust me, is always so happy <laughs> when voting is over with because the post office, again, is just flooded. So take advantage of the mail that you get in the, uh, regarding uh, the people that are up, up for election. Take time to read it. You gotta. You need to have in your mind already who, when you go in there and choose your choice, you ought to be able to go through that ballot within about five or ten minutes. You already need to have in your mind who you're going to vote for. So I just highly recommend that voters take advantage of that. Oh, we're sick of it. We're sick of you have piles and piles and piles. Right. But it's sending that mail out to you for a reason. You got time to sit there, take those cards, and go through every one of them. And, you know, just make your choice. So I highly recommend that to the caller and all the callers uh, which feel like they're in the same position this young man is in as well. That's, that's, that's a great point. point. Right. That's a great point, Sandra. I actually go in with my list. So I don't have to try to figure it out because I've already gone right. through as much uh, as as I can. And I, I hope the caller, um, through his frustration, hears some of this right. because um, we don't want to discourage anyone in terms of voting and, and if there are other ways. And, and I actually did not think about all the mailers and we right. do get a ton of them. So thank you for uh, reminding us that all of the mailers that we do get with that kind of information. And you are absolutely right. Not only do you get mailers, you you get to the polls. You get calls too. Calls, nothing. You got, that, you got a barrage of people. You can't even park in front of the polls because they out there passing out, vote for this, vote for, and they got the information right there. They got people right. that they pay to, to, to put out their right. information. But by the, by the time you get to the sure. polls and those people are handing you those cards, for me, it's too late. I've yeah. already made up my mind. Right. So you, you might as well keep that card as far as I'm concerned. I don't, I don't want the card. I'm nice and say thank you, but I pretty much all have already made up my mind. And trustee, I 
would like for you to explain what a what a mayor pro tem pro pro tem is Tim however we say. Could you explain that because a lot of us don't know? I'm sorry. Uh, okay. The, the mayor. Pro- the, uh, it's just it's it's pretty simple. The mayor pro tem uh, will actually run meetings and stand in for the mayor. Uh, in this case, Mayor Eric Johnson of the city of Dallas. Uh, when meet when Mayor Eric Johnson is not available for meetings and those kinds of things, uh, Councilwoman Arnold, as the mayor pro tem, will be standing in for the mayor. She'll be running meetings uh, if there's a need to participate in something and the mayor is not available. The mayor pro tem normally will do that. So um, she'll just okay. be standing in for the mayor when he's not okay, available. So- Okay, so that makes a lot of sense to me. Honestly, I just, I really didn't even know what they did or what their responsibility yes, ma'am. was. But but then now I know they need to call it assistant mayor. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, they have the mayor pro tem and then they have the deputy mayor pro tem. So if, okay. if the mayor is not available and the mayor pro tem is not available, then you got the deputy mayor pro tem. Okay, see, I, I don't, and I don't think that I'm the only one that you're that not. not aware. Okay, and just since you mentioned Eric Johnson, I read a very, very interesting article, I believe it was in the Texas Monthly, uh, about uh, Eric Johnson and his schooling and, you know, being, his came from humble beginnings. Just a beautiful, beautiful article. I believe I saved it. But, uh, so yeah, this uh, Eric Johnson, is, he's a very intelligent young man. Well, you know, the good, the thing about uh, many of, of, of African Americans that have succeeded to uh, do things within this city, most of them came from humble beginnings. Yes. And have been able to move forward in terms of uh, where they go in life. And one of the things that we frequently talk about is what education can do and will do. Uh, if we right. do the right things regarding education. So that is why right. uh, I have this desire to push our young people into becoming educated and to go past uh, just uh, high school, but also to go on to college and then be able to do some of the things that they need to do. Right, and I'm not sure if you got an opportunity to read that article, but it was, I mean, it was just amazing how he was personally selected from one of the Ivy League schools in, in Highland Park, how he was taken in, and how they how they educated him because someone saw something in him, uh, which is he doesn't appear to be that type of person now, but um, he is again. If you run across that article in the Texas Monthly, I believe it was two two months past. Uh, very very interesting, very very good article about him. Anyway, you guys have a beautiful day. Thank and, uh, you. And stay cool and, and, they, and dehydrated. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. All okay. right. Uh, uh, Ms. Foreman, let me ask you a question. He ain't got to us yet. Uh, when we got people uh, at the polls passing out literature and stuff, uh, sometimes they do change people's minds yes, they about do. it. Because so I, I have worked the polls and I've seen you work. I've worked the And sometimes because people get to the polls, their mind made up, but they've been misinformed. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, I think what happens is a lot of times you have your very educated voter right. who uh, basically make up their mind prior to coming, and right. you're not going to change their mind. And you got the, mind. the undecided and voter. And then you got people who are coming the to fence, the polls. Right. They want to vote. They really don't know who to vote for. Right. All right. Uh, who do we have next, Pierre? Uh, we have uh, Greg on uh, line two, and someone asked me to ask you when is the celebration of the mayor pro team? The uh, celebration? Uh, We're yes. celebrating it right now. <laughs> okay. I, I think they've already done that. Okay. I think that's already been right. done. Okay. All right. Uh, we have Greg. Good morning, Greg. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It sounds like Greg, uh, the job line, Greg. Yes, it is. Yes, All right. What's on your mind? Oh, good show this morning, a variety of topics, the election, and all and all of the issues that are on the table. I, we've had, just had the state Democratic Convention here in Dallas last week, and uh, a variety of issues on the table. However, life is 360 degrees. Let us not get pigeonholed into a couple of one or two issues, let us look at the whole slate of issues that affect our lives all the way around. Right. And be vigilant. Now is the time. Ask those questions. Learn, educate yourself on the candidate. Ask the issues. Look at the issues. Now is the time, not on election day. Now right. is the time to educate yourself, to learn about what's going on and how it affects you. All right. So, Yes, indeed. A uh, lot of things going on here in Dallas. A lot of construction around the southern sector of Dallas. A lot of issues. The DISD getting ready, ramping up, getting ready to go back into their fall session. So a lot happening, right? Although it seems like we're in the lull of summer, the lull of summer leads to the energetic beginning of fall. So don't be, don't be lulled to sleep. We things are ramping up. Everything's beginning to get in gear for the fall of the year. Right. Including our midterm election. All right. It's it's amazing how we talking about the presidential election instead of the midterm election. We got to take care of this first. Thank you, Bonnie. Oh, uh, Greg, since you're on the air, you want to go and get a job line? Because I don't know if you can get back in. Yes, yes. I just, uh, SAT job line and solutions and accidents today job line brought to you on Saturday morning during church information and open forum here on KNOE and 89.3, the voice of the people. This morning on the job line, we have Taylor Forms has various positions available. You can apply in person at 1001 North Cocker Hill Road, or you can apply online at www.taylor.forms.com. Dot com. Once again, Taylor Forms has various positions available. You can apply in person. You can apply in person. They accept walk-ins at 1001 North Cocker Hill Road, or you can apply online at www.taylor.forms.com. You have UP, uh, the post office, USPS, has various positions available. You can apply online at www.usps.com dot com backslash careers with the nest once again the post office has various positions available you can apply online at www.usps.com backslash careers with the nest dark containers is looking for various positions they can apply online at www.darkcontainers that's d-a-r-t-c-o-n-t-a-i-n-e-r 
backslash careers, C-A-R-E-E-R-S. Once again, Dark Containers has various positions available. You can apply online at www.darkcontainer backslash careers. Um, FedEx has various positions available. You can apply online at www.careers, C-A-R-E-E-R-S dot FedEx, F-E-D-E-X dot com. Once again, FedEx has various positions available in the Metroplex. You can apply online at www.careers.fedex.com. Home Depot has various positions available. You can apply online at www.careers.homedepot.com. Once again, Home Depot has various positions available. You can apply online at www.careers.homedepot.com. Lowe's has various positions available. You can apply online at www.talent.lowe's.com. Once again, Lowe's has various positions available. You can apply online at www.talent.lowe's.com. And with that, we're going to bring our SAP job line to a close. As we approach, I overheard the staggered start, start dates for DISD this year. What 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 can we what are we looking forward to in our fall semester or big changes in the educational system or what are what well, are the big Well we're gonna get to that. Let me get to this break before I get fired. And uh we're gonna get to that because Miss Farmer she's ready to go and we're gonna get to the phone line. We're gonna get to the phone lines as soon as we get back. Hold on. 972-647-1893. Thank you, Greg. Thank you. Yeah, what's up? I'm going to kick it with mine, y'all know? All right, we're back on Church Information in Open Form. We're in our last segment. Uh, you can join us, 972-647-1893. Uh, you can join Reverend Barnett tomorrow on Facebook, Heavenly Joy Church, Miriam Barnett on Facebook. Uh, Miss Foreman, uh... Let's go to the phone line. So we got, I don't want anybody holding. Who do we have? Yeah, we have a concerned citizen on the line one now. All right. Good morning, concerned citizen. Good morning. Good morning. How good you morning. doing? I'm good. I'm just a concerned citizen and um, associated with DISD. And I just have an issue that's going on right now that I do not want to discuss on the air. And I just want to know what is the best way that I can contact you. Uh, is to email me. Joyce Foreman at DallasISD.org. Can I get in contact with you before Wednesday? Yeah, if you email me, I read my emails. Just email me, Joyce Foreman at DallasISD.org. I'll be glad okay, to, to get in touch with you. All right, thank you. That's thank where you, you get so it done. Much. Absolutely. All right. Uh, who do we have next? All right, we have a red ghost on line two. Red oh, Ghost. All right. Red Ghost on line two. Uh, let me say this before we get started. If my lines fill up, I'm going to push them through so don't nobody get offended. So, uh, good morning, Red Ghost. What's on your mind? Hey, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? All right. Hey, uh, I like to I like to say something to Mrs. Foreman and stuff. We uh, did a program back a while back, and you said that, you know, you fight for what's right, and you continue to fight for what's right. And uh, in the 10th Street Historical District, we had this uh, program called Operation 10th Street where we came in and we came in and did some activating vacancy. They came in and did some programs for the students and stuff. 
So we built a program where the students can get community service. Uh, and and, and here, here, I like to know what is, what's going to happen with the students coming back to school uh, throughout the ISD or even with the, even with the charter school. Uh, students are uh, still going to have to have the uh, community service program. Yes, they will, but, but you have to go through the district and get approved uh, as uh, yeah. for a community service program. And, you know, actually in the 10th Street District, that's actually in District 5, which is uh, Trustee Maxie Johnson's district. Right, right, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I know that. But this is what I was just asking. Uh, what, 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 what took place was I was a volunteer within the school. And I had the, I signed up, you know, like you like you sign up on your paperwork, and I did all the paperwork. I didn't go in for the program. I went in to help the teachers and the principals to present this this uh, program for the students to get that community service. So uh, I just wanted to know if I volunteer again or what process I need to do this because so we're trying you, to do it just into that. So if time. you're looking to be a volunteer in the school. You'll have to go online, online. and yes, fill ma'am. out the, the, the volunteer uh, program. They have to go through a process uh, to be able to volunteer in the school. So there's an online process. And if, if you have some difficulty with that, you can call the board services office, which is 972-925-3720. Uh, and they can assist you in trying to, to get through that process. Okay, yeah, that's what I did. I, I did that before, and I just, yeah. just checking back to see again if they had the community service for the school. Yeah, they do, sir. Thank you so much for, for yeah. helping out the schools. All right. And thank, thank you for your thank call, you. Red Ghost. Thank you for your service. Uh, I listen to Greg talking about all these great jobs, the post office, uh, Lowe's, uh, Home Depot, FedEx. There's some jobs out there. So uh, who do we have next? Uh, we, uh, we have uh, Rolled on uh, line three. Rolled? Yes, Rolled, Rolled. Uh-oh. Good morning. How you doing? Good morning. I was wondering, I was listening, listening to the previous caller. And this Rose? Even so, even, I was listening to the previous caller, caller when she gave uh, Mark Johnson his kudos. But I'd like to say, even though he came from humble beginnings, um, humble beginnings, don't forget where you come from. Because I'm just listening the other, about a couple of weeks ago, when he was trying to display the city manager, okay, Broadneck, okay, so don't forget where you come from. And let's say that we need to remember that when we put you in, we hope that you do this the thing you said you can do when you got in there. And then they say to uh, Mariposa and Arna, I'm hoping that one day she will run and she will take his place as well, okay? Are you so talking about, those words. Are you talking about the mayor, Eric, uh, Eric Johnson? Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Even though she said the lady, Susan Paul, talked about they wrote, a, I guess, an article, but even though he comes from humble beginnings, let him not let him not forget where he comes from. Right, okay? and I and agree with that. you. He might have come from yeah, a humble okay. beginning, but we got a handful with him now. So yeah, I understand right. what you're saying. Yeah, with, 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 the, with, with the city manager, he kind of gave him a challenging point right there, okay, because kind of, uh, kind of, them kind of out and out of there. So that was right. wrong with, and, and the marriage going along with that. So I'm just saying that, you know, just so don't forget when you get there, don't forget where you come from yourself and you, and then you put that position. And let me say that I hope that one day the, uh, pro tem Arnold, that she, pro tem Merrill, that she will become mayor one day as well. Okay. So you guys have a great day. I hope you're right because I would love I to see her will. become mayor because I know one yes, thing. I, 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 I mean, if she, 
If she run, I definitely vote for her because I, I, I mean, would too, and I hope she will because see, she's a person of a standard. She, she's not going to throw you up on the bus. She's 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 polite, and so now you get up and change your colors when you get up there, you know, among other people. Okay, so do what's right, right and right will come to you. Okay, you and have I'm, a great day. I'm glad you put that out there because you sure put a lot of heat on her then when you put that out there, and <laughs> I mean, I, I imagine she will get her. Mike muted as soon as she get back in the horseshoe. <laughs> so, oh, but, yeah. Because he's been muting her mic. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I have a great day. You too. So, all right, who do we have next? Okay, uh, somebody was asking about the school. Let's start out. I'm going to ask you a question and uh, kind of clear the atmosphere and save a bunch of you parents out there that's sending kids to school a bunch of money. Uh the see-through backpacks. Yes. So, the district um, inadvertently put out a um, message that all students were going to have to have see-through backpacks, and that would have been kinder through the 12th grade. After uh, a review through the safety committee, uh, it's determined that middle schools, 6th, 7th, and 8th, uh, and high schools, will have to have see-through backpacks. And the district will be furnishing the see-through backpacks, so the parents should not have a problem with it. Right, the district, so they can quit going online and worrying themselves and stressing out about the backpack. don't stress, don't stress. And again, if if the parents have an issue, uh, don't hesitate to call uh, board services. 972-925-3720 and ask for your trustee and your trustee certainly will get back with you and make sure that everything is taken care of. Now would this be a standard backpack say if a parent go out and buy a see-through backpack from somewhere else is that be would that be accepted so i don't know the answer to that question uh but i would assume right that if it's a see-through backpack right that it would be permissible mm-hmm. as long as it's see-through all right so uh i heard greg ask the question and and i had I was prepared to answer the question about the starting date for for school uh as uh most parents or many parents know uh, we have um, three different calendars for Dallas ISD, and I'm got to talk fast because no, they watch. We got time. They watching the clock on me. <laughs> <laughs> but but the base calendar, which is your the majority of your schools, um, actually starts August the 15th, and uh, they will go through May the 26th. And then we have what we call an intercession calendar. And it starts August the 8th and will go through June the 23rd. So that actually, the intercession calendar actually adds an additional five weeks to the overall calendar. And then we have the school day redesign calendar, which there are two calendars for you to choose from within. Uh, And it starts August the 1st through June the 22nd. Uh, and if you are not aware of of um, which calendar your school is under, either go to your school website. It should be listed on there. Go to the Dallas ISD website. It should be listed on there. And if that doesn't work, call your school. Right. Call your school, and there will be someone there that can help direct you 
uh, with a calendar. I'm not I'm not fond of three different calendars, actually four. Um, but that's what we have for right now. That will go through, uh, I think, the end of next school year. So we have three calendars. The latest starting August the 15th and the earliest starting August the 1st. Right. So how about the buses? Are they going to be understanding about all these calendars because you know once started out when y'all had to take over the bus system we did have a few issues but we about got all that worked yeah, out well huh? we're still struggling <laughs> um, but but uh, the bus the uh, buses are aware of the different calendars and so they will be ready to start August right. the first are there any preparations being made because uh, school starts in what about two weeks right mm-hmm. and uh, COVID is ramping up mm-hmm. So I, I think the parents do need to know that there's a great chance that their kids might be required to wear a mask if they get to that. So, you know, uh, a lot of parents are reluctant about getting their kids vaccinated for one other reason or another. But they're going to have to understand that we still in COVID and it's getting worse by the day. Well, of course, there's a new strand of COVID that's out. Right. And so um, the, the district's position has been in the past is that we have to protect all children. Right. Uh, and so the mass requirement, the sanitation, the, those kinds of things have, have taken place in the school before. There's been no decision made to date on what we're going to do right. regarding those kinds of issues. Right. But I do believe prior to school opening that there will be a decision made. As everybody probably know, we do have a new superintendent. Uh, and the new superintendent will be uh, dealing with those particular issues. Right, and that's great. That's great. So, uh, the Democratic Party. Since I got a few, how much time we got? Uh, how much time we have left? We we have uh, six uh, ex- extra minutes. Six extra minutes. Yes. Okay. So if you want to call in, you got six extra minutes. Nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. I'm going to throw out a quick question to the audience. What have the Democratic Party done for you? And I know I should have started that earlier, but I would have run out of time. The Democratic Party. Do you trust it, or do you understand that? Although it's the Democratic Party, if you're going to vote for them, they are working for you. You're not working for them. If they're not meeting your needs, we need to put some pressure on the Democratic Party because it's time to start voting on people line and not party lines. You know, uh, we got, what, who is it, Joe Manchin and Christine Seminer, the, the Democratic senators that uh, seem to always oppose anything that the Democrats are trying to pass, but they are Democrats. So we need to start holding the Democratic Party responsible for them. Because there's some things that we need. Now, when Trump was in there, he executive ordered his way through four years. Anything he wanted, he pushed it through. But we can't even, I mean, we got a lynching bill. And uh, some people say, well, at least we got a lynching bill. What? Was it ever legal to lynch people in the first place. So I'm just saying we got to start demanding more and and put some pressure on these people to get it done. We got a very small window to get a lot of things done and we are playing around with a lynching law and uh, things that 
really have no substance. We need some things. We need a uh, tax reduction. You know, the rich are still getting uh, prospering off of Trump's uh, new tax bill while we still suffering behind it. You know, you you don't get that kind of income tax back you used to. They say you already got it up front. But I think the bill uh, Trump passed was, uh, I think what we got about two more years to get that. Mm-hmm. And and the rich, they got the rest of their life to get it. So we, we got a lot going on. But Ms. Foreman, I got a few minutes left. And if anything we need to know about DISD, and I want to give a shout out to Stephanie how do you pronounce that? Ellis Alday. Yeah, because I was finna mess that up. But we thank her because we have worked with her before. We had had issues, but she worked with us through the issues and the difference that we had. Uh, uh, I was got called in talking about uh, South Dallas and uh, the schools over there, uh, uh, H.S. Thompson. But what about Percy Anderson? That was one of the historical black schools over there. They shut down and the charter school people trying to take it over or whatever. So we got issues that we're not aware of. So, Ms. Foreman, I'm going to let you have the rest of my time. Oh, well, thank you. I, I think one of the, the key things is, is that we have to stay engaged. Uh, and I hear exactly what you're saying regarding the Democratic Party. We, they can't assume that we're going to vote for them no matter what. There, it's, a, it's a give and take, and it's a partnership. And the partnership is, is that you don't just go out and advocate for issues of other communities and expect us to be on board. Right. You have to advocate for some of our concerns also. And the concerns are different in different communities. Right. That's right. just the way it is. Uh, uh, and we can all come together, but you can't just dismiss uh, the African-American community and the expectation be that we continue to uh, go along with the, the party line. Um, one of the things, and, and I'll just end with this, is, is that when it comes to public education, we can't afford people on the board who are not in tune to the needs of our community. We can't afford to have people supporting campaigns and pushing people on the boards who don't understand some of the, um, the uh, problems that you'll have, especially with closing our schools. Right. Well, we thank you all for listening to us today. Uh, CNN is going to do a special on Texas. Uh, Sunday night. Y'all need to look at that. I'm not advocating for CNN, but they're going to show you the Texas millionaires and how they manipulate the elections and get their people in office. And we're going to talk about the Democratic Party. We got to go. We thank y'all for listening to us. Uh, uh, thank you for the coffee, Bonnie. And I want to talk about the Democratic Party and what they're not doing for me, not what they say they can do. And y'all have a great day. And God bless and thank you.